You're listening to the Reconciling Hope Podcast, where the leadership team of Gospel Hope Church discusses how the Bible transforms our beliefs, actions, and impacts our relationship with God and with others. Well, hey, good morning, Gospel Hope. Welcome back to another episode of the Reconciling Hope Podcast. As you know, we have been trekking through a series uh, entitled Exiles, where we want to learn from the life of Daniel and his companions uh, how it is that we can live faithful in a fallen world. And so in that kind of, this was the third installment, right, uh, Ryan? Mm-hmm. The third installment. Yep. We're looking at one of the most uh, famous Sunday school iconic stories. It's the, you know, it's Dale and his companions actually in the fiery furnace. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I think the, the title of uh, the message was um, uh, Confidence, bang, I'm sorry, it was, it was Courage Under Fire, Courage Under Fire. And so, Hey, I just want to dive right in here and interact with uh, a couple of the uh, the things that you said. And uh, one, you called us to having or developing a fearlessness that is actually fueled by faith. I love the statement, but maybe like many others that are listening, how exactly do I do that? Yeah, I think... Um what we see here from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is, man, they were in a very, very fearful situation. Um, I mean, there, there's tremendous peer pressure. You know, they're gathered on the plain of Dura. There's this giant idol. Everybody else is bowing down. Mm-hmm. And then the king, the most powerful person in the world at that point, is threatening execution if you don't bow down before him. So they're in a fearful situation. And yet somehow, um, they were able to maintain fearlessness. They they had courage in the midst of this, like, man, I mean, it seems like impossible in many ways. So the question that I raised is like, what what gave them this courage? Were they just like particularly brave people? Um, is this passage just for like really bold individuals? Well, no, I, I don't think so. I think what we see through the story of Daniel 3 is the reason that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego responded like they did is because they consistently remembered who their God was. They, they focused their attention on their faith, that they, they believed in the character of God, and that was the fuel that drove the engine of fearlessness down the road. So I, I, I think I'm a naturally fearful person, mm. but, but this passage encourages me because it means like oh it's not about like my predisposition towards things um it's about am i reflecting on who god is no matter what the circumstance i find myself in no that's good that's good so so another like i uh like classic moment uh in the um passage um uh was when the 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 three hebrew boys um stood before the king and with great confidence told him we're not going to bow down and here and and here's the deal um we're sure that our god will deliver us but even if he doesn't you need to know that we're going to go down not worshiping this thing that you've stood up and you and i were talking offline and you said something that i thought was particularly powerful and that was they were confident in God's deliverance, even if they weren't clear on the how or the method. You know, they didn't know uh, about that. Can you just say more about that and just, yeah. Yeah, when, when you read through the Old Testament, particularly the Psalms, there's just 
passage after passage about God's, he's kind of ready, willing, and able to help his people. I mean, it just says that so many times. And yet I find so often I, I operate in like this, um, what would I call it? Like spiritual pessimism, hmm. like as if God isn't going to do something in my life when I need him to do it. It's kind of like, I think God is mean. Um, mm. But this doesn't seem to be the view that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had. They just were like, no, God delivers his people. That's what he does. Um, I think the objection and, and what you're getting at there, Rod, is that many times we're like, but I've prayed a prayer. I've asked for God's help, but he didn't show up. Mm-hmm. Well, we have to trust in God's deliverance to such a degree that we allow him to define what deliverance is. Um, in the New Testament, you know, Jesus is speaking and he says to his disciples, hey, some of you, they will, they will imprison. Some of you, they will even kill. And then he says, but not a hair on your head will perish. Mm-hmm. What? Like, that's almost like a contradictory statement. No, yeah. I, I, I think what the Lord is saying there is, man, I will always come through and deliver my people, but you let me define what deliverance is. Um, my deliverance is always in all the ways that count. It, it doesn't mean that we won't go through pain. In fact, in this story, they were in the fire. Like they, they didn't, it wasn't as if like God delivered them and didn't, didn't put them in their fiery furnace. They were in the fire and that's where God's deliverance showed up. And I think that's pointing to, you know, ahead the way that, um, Romans 8 talks about to us, like nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, even being thrown into the fiery furnace. We will be delivered, but we have to allow God to define what that deliverance is. Yeah, no, that's a good word. I just think, uh, I don't know if it's just a natural human tendency or if it's a unique American tendency where we are a, a culture that loves to be catered. If the idea of God, you're not, you're not willing and you must not be working if you're not working it out the way that I described it to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, that's not what I ordered. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Almost like he's a waiter of, of sorts. And a little bit cliche, but I, but it shows up in our prayer life. That's right. When, when I was preaching that message and kind of getting ready, my third point was, you know, that they, they focused on was God is willing. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, man, that's really weak. I'm just forcing a W there. And I made a joke about it in the message. But I, I really like that's been the thing that's most impacting to me, my own heart. Like Ryan, remember, God is willing. He's he's on the edge of his seat, as it were, ready to help his people. I, that that's been an encouragement to my heart. I need to recalibrate my view of God to make sure that I'm saying the Lord is willing to help his people. Amen, amen. No, that's a good word. Yeah. So the three big ideas: God is working, God is worthy, and God is willing. Um, really just kind of helped me to hang on to the message. And another statement that you crafted uh, specifically for my edification. For you, for That's you, right. Rob. I'm you always looking out that. for you, man. Yeah, yeah. So so I'm just going to interact with this a bit. So God is attentive to our cares and not aloof from our prayers. So outside mm. of just your unique desire to bless me and ah, have me <laughs> you know, have a, uh, you know, Holy Ghost moment, what, what were you getting at? Yeah, again, it's that idea of the willingness of God. Like, if our, if the disposition of our heart, if the words come out of our mouth, if kind of the subtle complaining that runs through our mind is saying, God is aloof, not mm. attentive, then our theology is off. Like, mm. 
that's not the God of the Bible. Mm. My God, the true God of the Bible is attentive to me. He, he hears my prayers. He cares about my prayers. He's not kind of, his posture is not kind of this, like, well, we'll see, you know, yeah. um, he cares deeply about his people. And I, I think in this really uncertain season of COVID elections, the, the, the tensions that are going on, I think it's just really important for believers to remember, man, God, God's attentive to you. He's listening to you. He cares about where you're at. That's good. That's good. Uh, a couple of cultural moments kind of led through in the message. One in particular, you made a statement um, uh, being crammed into one category or another. It's kind yeah. of one of the impulses or one of the pressures that Christians might feel uh, as one of the cultural crises that's happening right now. Can you, I guess, speak a little bit more about that and what should be our response to it? Yeah, in, in, this, in this passage, um, you know, Nebuchadnezzar is insisting that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego bow down to the idol du jour. <laughs> He's mm -hmm. kind of exerting societal and, and even physical pressure on these young men to be like, if you really want to be accepted, you've got to identify in this way. Mm. And I think in this election season, um, believers are feeling that tension. I, we all feel it. Like, if you really love Jesus, you got to vote this way. If you really have Jesus, you got to vote this way. And people are saying different things. Right. So, so what do we do? I think like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we say the Lord is worthy. Now, I, I'm not trying to cop out. I'm not saying people shouldn't vote or care or be concerned about issues. But what I am saying is we're part of God's kingdom and our allegiance, loyalty, fealty, um, love for his kingdom should trump all others uh, no pun intended um it's amazing how that word has been hijacked from us and it's been, a part of the human, it's been a part of the human vernacular or the american vernacular <laughs> for years and now all of a sudden we're tentative to say it. but anyway right, uh, right. Funny. It, it should trump all others yeah um and it shouldn't even be close like uh, i think you said a couple weeks ago in um uh, a sermon that you know your unbelieving friends and family members and people you interact with on social media or whatever, they should be more clear about your opinion of the Lord than about your particular ideology. And I, I just think that's a good balance. It's not that Christians shouldn't have ideologies or shouldn't mm -hmm. have thoughts or shouldn't identify with, you know, an ethnic or, or racial or socioeconomic. And there's nothing wrong with identifying with those. It's just, they have to be secondary to yeah. identifying with, our king is Jesus. Um, he's where our ultimate allegiance and loyalty lies. So Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego really modeled that for us in this passage by saying, hey, we won't bow down. No matter what you say, we won't bow down because our allegiance is not to you. It's to, it's to God himself. Yeah, yeah. Like the trump card in their life was that they were abiding in him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> <laughs> joke level one thousand, right? <laughs> you, you weren't even listening to what I said. You were just like, you, just like preparing out. that the whole time. I was yeah, just okay. waiting to just, just <laughs> put that out there. All right, great. Um, oh. All right, good. So, oh. so, so that hey. was all. That was all pent up in your heart, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's terrible. Uh, oh, man. All right. Uh, 
so we always talk about our mission as a church, right? So that is to make disciples who are growing in the gospel as a family while on while on mission. And, and we talk about jokes. growth. You grow in bad jokes as well. Grow in bad jokes. And so as we're doing as we're doing that, which of those kind of growth directions, growing up, growing out, or growing growing into relationship with one another, was was kind of highest in your heart? Yeah, I, you know, I was trying to really emphasize this idea that man, fearlessness is fueled by faith, fundamentally in the character of God. So it starts there, like, okay, our relationship with the Lord, we have to look at him. We have to know who he is. But then that faith leads to fearlessness. So it helps us to engage with our world. So I would say it's one of those upward that leads to outward. So if you want to engage our scary world, I mean, let's be honest, there's a lot of fearful stuff out there in fearless ways, well, first it starts by looking at your God and then that will enable you to live by faith. Gotcha, gotcha. And then, um, um, and, and that's powerful. So when we talk about, uh, again, wanting to be a church that displays the reconciling hope of the gospel, how do you feel like that display of the reconciling hope, you know, was visible in, in the message or in that story? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, reconciling is about right relationship, right? That's what it bringing us into a right relationship. And what the, why this passage is so encouraging for the people of God in this season is that, look, nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. There is always hope for a right relationship with God. I'm not a pessimist. Mm. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, or I'm not a doom and gloom. But look, somebody's going to lose this election and and a number of people in our country are going to be really downhearted about that mm -hmm. um but look child of god nothing can sever you from the love of god there's always hope for a right relationship with god if shadrach meshach and Bidigo can be in the fiery furnace and still be loved by god mm -hmm. still have a right relationship with him be in this terrible situation a tyrant for a leader and still have a right relationship with God. I think there's great hope for us to just say, man, no matter what happens, um, you know, you know, no matter if Nebuchadnezzar is on the throne, um, we are not cut off from hope for being right with our Lord. Amen. Amen. So, well, hey, thank you for that. And uh, looking forward to just kind of as we continue to plow through um, this series, as the Lord kind of escorts us through this uh, cultural moment of the election season. Um, it's, no, it's no coincidence. Obviously, we planned the series, but some of the nuggets of truth, I mean, these are kind of gods, and they couldn't be more appropriate based on some of the things that we're seeing. So glory be to God for how he continues to uh, show us that his word is perpetually relevant. That's right. Uh, never out of style. So amen. Okay. Well, hey, Gospel Hope and others of you who listen, uh, we pray that this has been beneficial to you and helping you to further kind of uh, distill the message and uh, stay tuned for more episodes of uh, the Reconciling Hope Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Reconciling Hope Podcast. Be sure to subscribe for future content on podcast platforms like Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Gospel Hope Church is located in Atlanta, Georgia, with the mission of making disciples who are growing in the gospel as a family while on mission. If you're interested in learning more, tune into our Facebook Live services Sundays at 11 a.m. or check out gospelhopechurch.com.